Okay. Good morning, everyone. We are on Haftalat Amid Beis, and uh, we're trying to figure out when they put on Kohen clothes. Uh, it, now, do they put them on for the lottery, or do they only put on if they win the lottery? That was the question, and we had two views, but let's start that debate again. Uh, six lines from the bottom on 24B, Haftalat Amid Beis. In what clothing do they wear when they do the lottery? Now, the lottery itself is not the service. But the question is, is it better to be ready? In other words, if you win the lottery, that's it. You move. You go into the base of Migdash and you go do the Avoda. So is it better to be ready to go right away or not? So let's see the debate. Reb Nachman says, big day call. No, there's, there could be hundreds of Kohanim here. Uh, they should wear their weekday clothes. Rishesha says, no, big day Kodesh. They should wear the holy clothes. Reb Nachman says, big day Chol, four lines from the bottom. is big day Kodesh. If everybody's wearing holy clothes, and let's say you lose, uh, but you're strong, and the guy next to you, the winner, is a shrimp, is a, is a, is a weak guy. So Ika Balez Royce, they're the guy with the elbows, the guys that uh, run ahead in Kiddush. I'm getting there first. Uh, and they, since they're wearing the Kohen clothes, the Chamsi Vavidi, they're going to push ahead. And how do you stop them? You know, they're going to run up the altar like you can't fight in the base of Migdash, right? I wouldn't, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to grab them off? You know, it's a, the, tough, the guy that's got the elbow is going to push ahead. So if he doesn't have Kohen clothes, uh, then they can't do that. In other words, you have a stop. Everybody, if once they win, then they go to the chamber and they, and they get dressed. But if everybody's dressed, you, they, you'll run into trouble. Rosheshe says, no, big day Kodesh. He says, everybody wears Kohen clothes. If they're going to be wearing the weekday clothes, and now the guy is the winner, though, he, he's so excited. This is the experience of a lifetime. He's the one that gets to go up there. So Aga Kavusa, he's going to be so excited, he's going to run ahead and forgetting that he's not wearing the right clothes. Mikri Vavidi. So you should have him wear the clothes so, so they don't forget to get dressed. See, they have to stop off at the uh, right chamber to get dressed. Um, I mean, these are adults here, so they have to go and, you know, but if somehow if, if they win and he's so excited and he's the one who's picked, he might just forget. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, who, who do... Um, it, it sounds like from here almost that they're arguing in like, who are we worried about? Are we worried about the criminals or are we worried about the, the people who get so excited? Uh, who, who's it better to fix? What's the better fix? What's the better situation? Preventing somebody from making a mistake or preventing a crook from pushing someone out? <laughs> what's, the, what's the best fix? I mean, these are both legitimate concerns. So, but the question though is, what did they do? So we should be able to prove that. So, Omer uh, Nachman, Nachman, who said, I said that they wear weekday clothing, I have a good proof to me from the following. The Tanan says, uh, says this, that uh, uh, the, um, when the person was chosen for the service, Masrin Lechazanim, it doesn't say exactly when this was, uh, but he would be given over to the dresser. They had official Kohen dressers. Um, and I, my assumption here is that they would, um, uh, actually my, my brother used to work in retail, and he can look at a person and tell what size suit he needs, you know. And that's uh, that's. Edmund Pearl used to do that. Oh, really? Okay. God, he would he would size me up in a matter of a heartbeat. Oh, uh, okay, really? Right, right. So a that's. A long time ago, he had a haberdasher. You remember that? Yeah, that, yeah. 
Right, right. So that's that you had a Kohen who did that. In this way, because you can't have your Kohen clothes dragging on the floor and not fitting well. So uh, they would they would be in charge. Now also they would help the person take off his clothes. It almost sounds like they would strip him off, but it obviously the person is, you know, it means you raise your hands and you pull it off, however however it went. But they would remove the clothing, and all the person would have on would be their pants. You don't remove the pants. Uh, so the question is, at what stage of the game did this happen? What are we talking about here, where you go somewhere and they, they remove the clothing and leave the pants? So my lot, who are we? And we turn to the top of today's page. Aren't we talking about la'osu shizoch lefayis? We're talking about um, uh, the, uh, the, those that uh, won the lottery, and um, we see that when you win the lottery, that's when you change. Yeah. Um, so uh, it it's, it's pretty much sounds like that you, didn't, you weren't wearing the holy clothing until now. Um, so uh, that's a good proof that, uh, uh, that they start off the lottery without the holy clothes. I'm Rehuna Barhuda. No, you know what? Maybe we're talking about those people who didn't win the lottery and were taking the Cohen clothes back. Maybe they're the ones that didn't win. And uh, actually, that's logical. Because if these are the guys that won the lottery, so lo um, and and uh, they only left on their clothes. So the question here is when we say they, that they left on the pants, are we taking off, leaving on the weekday pants? Or are we removing the holy clothes and leaving on the holy pants? <laughs> Which of the two is it? In other words, again, it's not, it depends on what's... It, there's not enough details here. So he wants to say uh, that we're talking about... Uh, if we're talking about the ones who win the lottery and they have to put on holy pants, so then when it says you take everything off and leave the pants, it means you're leaving on weekday pants. Now, if you leave on weekday pants and then put on other clothing, Bahatanya, we learn, you have to put on holy pants first. Uh, and uh, so you couldn't leave your weekday pants on. You'd have to take the weekday pants off. So clearly, uh, we're talking about uh, um, removing the, uh, the holy pants. And we're talking about that we remove everything, and then we let him remove the holy pants and switch his weekday on by himself. So, more, so that's a good point. So uh, the Edah, what's the one who says that they're putting on holy, pant, uh, holy clothes? How can you leave your weekday pants on? Holokasha. This is what it means to say. Ad shiodim leyen big day chol. It's true. You leave the weekday pants on because you're not going to leave the guy naked. But there's a, what you first do is you switch the weekday clothes the weekday pants for the holy pants. Malbish and Osa Miknesay Kodesh. Vahayu Mavshit and Osa Bigday Chol, and they would, he would remove the weekday, and he would only be left with the pants on first. So basically, both ways can explain this. I don't know if these were pants, the way we call pants. I'm not sure what they, I mean, we translated them. Call it breeches. I guess that's mm. pants, isn't it? Or uh, the question: the question is, can you put like holy pants over and remove the other pants, or like what, how how did that look like exactly? In other words, we have a dilemma. We don't want him standing there naked, but and he has to have his pants on first. So, uh, so didn't that's they wear, didn't they wear something like that in the eighteen hundreds? Um, they used that word. 
Was it like pants that we wear, or was it something a little different? Was it like a... Well, just like the bathing suits, they were much longer. I've never seen them in any of the old pictures from 1800s. They extended like long, like boxer shorts, but they went undergarment. It was an undergarment sort. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, could you put... uh, like the holy pants over it and then remove the unholy pants. Like, could you do it? Or did you have to take off one set of pants when you put on the other? That was, see, if you could put on your shirt first, then the shirt would hang over the pants and then you wouldn't be. But the problem is that the, um, uh, so that all goes into the the question. At, At the end of the day, we don't have a proof from here because there's too many possibilities of what was going on. We don't have enough. But the more initially thought we'd be able to prove from this story about what happened, uh, but I, I was, but again, see, yeah, the question was more a practical one: Is there was there a way to put on the holy pants over the non-holy pants and and not be standing there naked? That was the question. Um, uh, our pants, it would be very difficult to do that. I can't imagine putting on pants over other. Mm-hmm. Although, if the uh, if it was more like a Scottish skirt or something where the pants were loose at the bottom, you know maybe. What, um, there must be because a girl can take a bra off with a shirt on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know, and they do it quite easily. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is a way to take the leg out of one sleeve, one pant. Right, to take off the undergarment and switch on the upper one. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that's what I'm wondering. Okay. Um, so, uh, um, let's see, Rashi. Malbishan also, uh, Rashi's five lines up. We clothe them in the holy clothes. Kadei sho yamdu arumim, in order that he not be standing there naked when he takes it off. So, um, uh, so the, again, the question was more the dynamics of it, but at the end of the day, we don't have a proof. Okay, Om Roshesh's. What's Roshesh's proof? What's the reason for the whole thing anyway? Why can't they stand? Why can't they stand with do like they do for the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur with the curtain around the mikvah? Um, but, prob- it's probably a question of people. If you have several hundred Kohanim there, uh, you'd have to have oh, other Kohanim to like stand around them. You know, <laughs> like the only one Kohen Gadol, right? It's a lot of people for the yeah. change. Okay. Uh, but he, he's saying, why don't we have people like standing around him so he has privacy? I hear that. These are all interesting questions. Okay, but let's see Rav Sheshis's proof. He said uh, that they were wearing the holy clothes. They all changed already. So where's his proof? Titania. Mana Titania. Lishka Sagosis. So now he's describing where they did the ceremony. Where did they do the lottery? So uh, they had, uh, before the Kohanim came in, they had to stop by the Sanhedrin. There was a big court building on the side of the base of Migdosh called the Lishka Sagazis. And every Kohen who had to go, they had to show their membership card. Um, I don't know exactly if it was a membership card or exactly how it worked, but they had to prove that they were legit to get in the building. Like a COVID card. A COVID card, right, okay. <laughs> the Kohen Gadol card, right? So they stopped in the Lishka Gadol. Now, the Lishka Gazis was a Basilki Gadola, a Basiliki. That's like a big round, it's a room with a dome. Uh, and they did the lottery on the east side, and the head of the court, uh, the, the sage, was on the west side, and the kohanim would be standing in a semicircle like a buclier. A buclier is, uh, is like a necklace. A necklace is round. Uh, it's not circular. It's more like a necklace, like a necklace size. They, but, they call it a brooch. A brooch, Okay. What's a, is, is a brooch like a circle? Uh, whatever. Piece of jewelry, I, think. I see. Okay. 
and then the one who's in charge would come. And remember, he has the whip, you didn't mess with him. Uh, and he would remove uh, the turban from one of them. So this way, everybody would know which guy the counting is going to start. And then everybody would know that we're going to start the count from him, Maskil. Now, if you're saying that the Kohanim, when they came for the lottery, were still wearing their weekday clothes, Mitznef uh, is what kind of turban would he have? Mi'ika, who wears turbans? The turban, the mitznefis, is a Kohen clothes. So that proves that they were wearing Kohen clothes when they did the lottery. Oh, wait, so they don't, they don't wear a turban during the fall? Not necessarily, saying. right. That, isn't that, that's the proof. In other words, he's saying, you see, he was wearing a turban already, so that must be uh, Kohen clothes. So the Lord said, no, they actually wore turbans for weekday clothes. If a Kohen's mother made him his own clothing. This was a... a um, this was a thing that uh, we have a famous tradition that uh, Shmuel uh, Hanavi was one of the greatest Jews that ever lived, and that a lot of it had to do with his mother Hannah, uh, because uh, she invested a lot of tears and a lot of prayers in him, and she made his clothing. And so when he wore the clothing that his mother knitted with her love and her, her tefillos, that helped him stay become such a righteous person. And so sometimes the Kohanim would have their mothers or their wives make them their clothing. So, uh, so uh, the, the clothing they would wear, they, they would, it would be turbans and other things, so maybe he did wear a turban. Kisonus avidbo avodas yachid. And they would be able to uh, wear it for private things. It wouldn't be, those, these would not be public clothes, these would be just for this kohen. So, so from that fact, it, uh, we don't have a proof. In other words, if a person could come in with a turban, then uh, we can't prove uh, very much. Uh, so we're the, but either way, each one brought what they thought was the uh, the proof to this question. Omra by Shmamina, but uh, just in general, we'll come back to the question. So we have both opinions. Both opinions brought their proof, and we also answered what the other opinion said. Uh, but Abai said, from this story, we have to figure some things out over here. What was going on in the Hune Chamber? Uh, now, in the base of English itself, they didn't use uh, um, iron, so things weren't cut out. But this, um, apparently it's very expensive to have a chamber cut out of stone. That's like only the royals have that. That's like a very, very fancy uh, chamber. Was the, and this was where the Sanhedrin was. The question why that, that became the Jewish court seat. Like, uh, um, but uh, half of it was in the, in the temple compound, and half of it was not in the temple compound. And it must be, there were two doors, Habe. One open to the temple compound and one open to the... In other words, where did the lottery take place? It was like in the no-man's land in between. Because if, maybe it was all in the temple compound. So then what was the Zuck in Yoshi Marava? How could, the, how could you have the elder seated there? You can't... You could only have the... Only, the king is the only one allowed to sit uh, in, the, in the temple compound itself. Now, um, if you want to, well, why don't we say the whole thing was not the temple compound? If somebody was sitting there, maybe the whole thing was outside the temple compound. So then, why would they, if they had the lottery on the east side, what would that help? We had this yesterday, that one of the reasons for the lottery was that it generated a lot of excitement, because you had hundreds of Kohanim running and, and uh, to participate 
And we have the idea that they did it multiple times because there's a mitzvah to show the enthusiasm. This word regish is the, uh, the base of Migdash was an exciting place. There was, a lot go- there was a mitzvah to make, to show an enthusiasm for the service. So if they weren't in the holy area, so what good would that do? Elish, mamina. So it must be, you're right. It was built half and half. Now, now if there's only one door, now, if the door opened to the holy, Zokin Rav, and the Zokin was sitting there, but Tanan, we learned the following, if it was, even if it was built not in the holy part, but it opened to the holy part, uh, it, the op- you go after the opening. So if it was built in the, uh, on the, not on the Temple Khan, but it only opened to it, it would be holy. And if it opened to the non-holy part, so then how could they do the lottery? What would it help that everybody got all excited and it was part of the excitement of the base of Mikdash? It was outside the base of Mikdash. So it must be they had two doors and the room was 50-50. One of them opened to the holy. Again, it makes sense. You had the Kohanim. They didn't know if they were working that day. So they were coming into a room that was half and half, and that's, that was the perfect place for the lottery. So Tosus has an interesting question. I'm not sure why Tosus is here, uh, but uh, the, the Mishnah mentioned that you, only the Kohen Gadol, can, only the, the king, can sit in the Beis HaMikdash, uh, because that's a place of honor for Hashem, and only the king represents the honor of Hashem. Everybody else better stand. So you can't sit in the Beis HaMikdash. So Tosus has a question. Let's look at the second Tosus from the Debavim. Temo, how did they eat? My Yoshev Sha'ochel im Avichilo. If the um, the Kohanim ate the uh, the steaks, they ate the food in the Beis Hamikdash, and uh, people didn't eat standing. Heki Ochel Ha'en Yeshiva Bazora. I mean, uh, and uh, you have to eat in a dignified manner. Yeah, try eating a steak. You know, standing in a corner. How do you cut it with a knife and a fork? Like, uh, uh, what was going on over there? That's what Tosa China. If you really, no one was sitting in the holy compound. So he says, well, they didn't have to be eaten in the temple compound. You could eat the holy light. In other words, the ones that were eaten by the Kohanim uh, could actually be eaten outside the temple compound. So they could have had a dining area right outside. Or Inami Omar Ri Ben Avraham the Afal Gav to Enishivazor El Malke Beis David, even though only kings can sit, that's Bedvorim de Lavsor Chavoda. That's when they're not doing a service. Ava Achila, but if you're eating, that is the service. And Dixiva Ocho Samar Shakupa Ben Shakohanim Ochli Ban Mishaprim Mishrishari. He said, if you're eating Karbonos, you're allowed to sit. So that's almost like an exception. Uh, to the rule, um, the uh, and, and, um, yeah, that's right. Um, Tosus he brings just a little bit later that well, how do you know? Maybe they had to eat standing, and he brings that they were required to eat. It says lamashka legedula. They're supposed to eat the way kings eat. In other words, when they ate, it was meant to be like a real uh, enjoyable experience, like a that that was the. Uh, and that, that's definitely, kings don't eat standing up. Okay. Um, so that's, that's what he wants to say. Um, the, uh, so, uh, 
That's, that's what he wants to say. And, okay, this interesting tosis about where they did the eating. Okay, one more tosis while we're at it. We're on a roll. Let's do the last tosis on the page. Uh, so we said that the lottery had to take place in the base of Migdash because that's what was an exciting spot, uh, meaning that we wanted to generate enthusiasm and because uh, that was a very, um, you know, you give away something free, the right to do the service. They came running and they came pushing and, you know, everybody wanted to do it. And that showed, uh, it, we, it's good when people show enthusiasm for the service, that's a positive thing. So Tosis is a question. All right, so since it's got to be holy, why would they do it in a building that was like built over the line? Why don't you already bring the lottery into the temple itself? Uh, in the sanctuary, the Kodesh Tvei, it's even more holy. We're saying that having a lottery and all the excitement that went with the lottery, everybody's watching, everybody's, everybody's there, and uh, that's, uh, that sh- it shows that we're enthusiastic about the service of Hashem. And it's a mitzvah to do it. So why don't, why don't, and if it's a mitzvah, so why do we have the room built over the temple compound with the door opening in the temple compound? Just go into the temple compound. Do it in the shul itself. That's a good question. Um, Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam says, well, the way they did it is they pulled off the turban of one of them. It doesn't look nice to stand there without a yarmulke in the shul. <laughs> That you know that one Kohen who didn't have his uh, not, did he have a yarmulke under the mitznefes? I don't know. <laughs> I, I wonder if that depends on if he was wearing the the if he was wearing the one in the base of Migdash, They didn't have a yarmulke under the turban, mm. but if he was wearing the, his weekday one, maybe he did have a yarmulke under. I don't know. But he said that that's Tosis the answer. That uh, um, uh, he, he the, it, from the fact that somebody was standing there without a turban, you don't have turbanless Jews in the temple. That's answer number one. Of uh, Rav Yitzchak Barbaruk, he gives a different answer. He says, well, they, um, since they were standing in a circle, they were standing in the circle like the necklace. If they were doing the lottery in the Zora, somebody's back would be to the, uh, to the Hechel. You don't turn your back on the Hechel. Uh, and by the way, we have this custom, but you'll see it in the shul all the time. When people walk out, they try not to turn their back on the Aaron. Uh, even though it's pretty much impossible to walk through a door without turning back a little bit, but you try to do a, like a, a sideways signal that you really don't mean to insult the Aaron when you turn around. Uh, so he's saying that, of course, the lottery couldn't be done in the base of Migdash because since it was in a circle, you wouldn't have the Kohanim standing in a circle with their back mm-hmm. to, the, um, uh, to the Ark. So, uh, but anyway, it's just interesting. This Tosus here is very practical. You know, like these are things I think we could have come up with. You know, it's not a. It's a in other words, they, the the way they did it had to be very. Pre- you had to take everything into consideration. Is your back going to be to the or Are you going to be standing there without it? So that that's why they had the system they did. Okay, new Mishnah. We get to the second lottery. Uh, so mi shochat. So who gets to shecht? Mi zorak. Who gets to spritz? who gets to clean out the inner altar, who gets to clean out the menorah, who gets to bring the limbs up to the ramp. So uh, those are the first few lotteries. Next. Uh, now the limbs, there are multiple limbs. We're going to see this was a big lottery. Uh, so who gets to bring the, the first, uh, and this is going to be important, the fact we're going to spend uh, half of the next page discussing uh, which limbs went first. And again, it's a, a symbolism uh, um, there's also idea, by the way, if a person sins with a certain limb, he should do a mitzvah with a certain limb. Mm. 
So like, you know, I don't know, the head or the hand. Like, so but at any rate, the first one is the Rosh Varego. That was the head and the foot. Vishteyadayim and the two hands, Ha'okets and the tail. Varego Vachosa and the foot and the, and the, the, the flanks. Vagera Vishteyadayim Vakirbayim and the innards Vasolus. And then the, they brought the flower. Vachavitim and the Kaingadol's offering. Vayan and the wine. So it was a total of 13 different uh, jobs to bring up to the altar. So there were 13 winners in that lottery. So Azokov, Omre ben Aziv, he says, he disagrees with the order of the limbs. And again, we'll see this in the Gemara. He says, you look at the way the cow would walk up the ramp. And that's the order. In other words, if the cow was alive and he was walking up, so that's the order that you want to bring the limbs up. Uh, it was a, what... What would be the, the the what would be the reason why you would do the limbs that we do? He says you would want to go in the in the natural order. So we'll see in the Gemara. Okay, next. The Gemara has a question. Did they do each one of these separate, or did they do just one lottery for everything? Was it like how did the lottery work? So Tashma Gemara says Arba There were four altogether. If they had already given out everything. Uh, well, not if they, if they did a separate lottery for each service, there's a lot more than four. So, this is what it means to say. Four times a day, the Kohanim entered to join in the lottery. But each lottery had multiple winners, having two Vapaisas. In other words, within each one, uh, you, you may not win the you may not be able to bring the head in, but maybe you'll get to bring the tail or you'll get to bring something else. Tashma. Let's see if we can prove exactly how it was done. Rabbi Yehuda says we turn the page on twenty five B. Lo Hayopais Lamechta. What about the shovel? The, did, uh, who gets to do the shovel with the incense? Now the incense was the most popular service because they the uh, people who did the incense got rich. And uh that, uh, the Kohanim fought over that one because uh, if you got that incense, you made it for life. Like that was the, that was the, uh, so part of the incense was the shovel. So they didn't do a separate lottery for the, the shovel. The Kohen who got to do the incense, he would get his buddy, he would say, uh, you, you help, I'm going in with the incense, you carry the shovel. Um, so you see that, uh, um, that there wasn't a separate lottery for the shovel. So the Lord said, well, that doesn't prove anything. Shani because that's all part of the same, that's the same job, really. The Kohen could probably carry the shovel also, but it just, you know, it, he just, it was, uh, he would have somebody to help him. So once he won the lottery, he could choose to help him. That's, that's what it's saying. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Sure. So he could yamis dafka makta victorious. Only there could he choose a helper. Avushara votus, but anything else, you can't choose a helper. Boy, pious. Uh, it, it's got to go back in the, uh, you know, somebody has to win it fair and square. So the Morris said, uh, then why does it mention the makta, the shovel? It's strictly. I would have thought hoya veloshkicha. It's not, it, it wasn't uh, that often that they did it. Um, you only did it twice a day. Um, the incense. Um, and see, you had korbanos constantly. In other words, you could have dozens of korbanos. So the bringing of the animals up the ramp, you could have dozens and dozens of people get kohanim doing that. But the incense was only twice. There was only two incense a day. As Rashi says, you couldn't donate incense. <laughs> it was just a communal incense service. Let's do that, Rashi. Nara uh, also is only once a day. 
that's true. But hoya veloshkikach Torahs ela pamaim leyom sheinach Torah ba that you can't donate that umaatra. But this is the main thing: is you got rich for that. Rashi umaatra umaatras es oska. Anybody who was involved in the incense uh, did well. It's a debate. Does it mean physical richness? Does it mean spiritual richness? Either way, you're good. So so they gave it its own lottery because it was uh, um, uh, it was a popular one. Okay, that's what I would have thought. So Tashma, let's try again. You didn't do each one separate. One co- the Kohen who won the Tamid. So basically, whoever the winner was, that would be the number. So then you would continue, all the Kohanim behind him would also be winners. In other words, the, the, the lottery would be, you would pick the one to do the Tamid, and then um, uh, either the Zriko or whatever it was, and then you would keep on counting for the next, in other words, the, the, the winner would be the, 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 the first winner and then the next 13 after him. So they would all be chosen. Um, and so with all one lottery, would there be multiple win? If you have this ticket, you win this. If you and you're next to him, you win that. And each one, it was like one uh, one big lottery for that. Okay. Uh, so then we get to the second lottery that we mentioned in the Mishnah, uh, and that now the Gemara is just going to question the wording. So, um, so again, let's, let's just speak out again what happened. They, there was one. Uh, the Kohen would take off the turban, and he, Errol the Kohanim, would stick their finger in. And then there'd be a number where they'd go around the circle multiple times. And then when it would land on the Kohen, so uh, he would be the one who would get to do the, the first thing that was offered on that service. But then each one after him would get the next thing on the list. So um, uh, it was one lottery with multiple components. That, that's how it came out. That's a good question. But in other words, can you can you can you uh, you say, well, I got the, I got a tail. I'd really rather do the leg. You know, right, can right, right, right. can they? Uh, I guess it's up to the Kohanim themselves, because they wouldn't be fighting. Right, and that's already after the lottery. That's a good question. We'll have to have to see. Can you can you uh, do your own? But but then you could sell it. Like, listen, I won this. I'll sell it to you for this. Uh, You know, you could on the black market. Okay, but anyway, Iboilu. Next question. Me Mikabel. Who did the receiving of the blood? That wasn't mentioned. Uh, Who? That's also an avoda to catch the blood. So do you say Shokat Mikabel? That may be the one who shucks that he gets to uh, that he's going to have the bowl ready to catch the blood. The amizorik, because if it's the sprinkler, abakivusa, the sprinkler is really excited. Again, one you get a sense here the kohanim couldn't wait for this. This was like a, so if you got a chance to sprinkle the blood, and you're waiting for it to finish dripping out of the animal, so you know it's really like a it's it's a uh animal is taking its time to uh, let the blood drain out <laughs> so since you're so excited so you don't want to let the sprinkler do it because he's in a rush to sprinkle so he might not do the job right he might not wait till the blood finishes bleeding out odilmo or maybe zorok makabo maybe you want the sprinkler to do it because if it's going to be the shokat zim the shokat zar the shokat wasn't always a kohen so uh, let's see, Tashma, come in here. Ben Kutten, also Yud Beis Dad Lakir. When they made the hand washing station in the Beis Hamikdash, it was made by an uh, amazing craftsman named Ben Katin. And he made 12 spigots on the washing. Kadesh, Yud Beis, also 12 Kohanim could do it at the same time. 
because you had uh, 12 Kohanim were the ones selected for the daily offering. Uh, so they, all of them could wash at the same time. They didn't have a line. Because it's not, you know, the, the ideal thing in the base of Migdash, like each Kohen has his own spigot. They did their hands and feet at the same time. If the shochet um, uh, and the uh, the shochet was the receiver of the blood, then there weren't twelve kohanim. There'd have to be thirteen. So it must be shmami na zorik mekabel. It must be one kohen did two jobs. So that's why you only had twelve. Uh, so uh, we're saying now that the sprinkler was also the receiver, and. Uh, uh, that's relatively easy. He sits there, catches the blood, and then he, he goes and he sprinkles it. We also can prove this. It says, It says the shoket does his thing, and then the receiver. So you see, and then the receiver comes and sprinkles it. So we actually prove this uh, as a fact that the sprinkler, uh, not only does he sprinkle, but he's the one who received it. Because otherwise there'd be 13 and there were only 12. So we see those two jobs went together. The Kabbalah and the Zrika, the receiving the blood and the, and the, uh, the sprinkler were one job. Now, uh, there, I forgot to mention, in that previous tosis about the question about the, um, could you, can the Kohanim sit? So he had a question like this. How do you wash your hands and feet in the temple compound without sitting? In other words, uh, uh, so that's also part of his proof that when you're doing the service, that should be allowed. Um, uh, because otherwise, how did you wash your feet uh, without, I mean, you know, I think what you did, one hand and one, like, <laughs> you, you, were, you were on the floor, I imagine, you know. Uh, I think it was one hand and one foot at a time, but he was sitting. And if he was sitting, uh, then you probably, um, uh, how could you sit? You're not allowed to sit in the temple uh, so there was some acrobatics, but it doesn't mention that it, there was any acrobatics over there. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was also in the tosus, uh, uh, that uh, that second tosus from the bottom on the on Ahmed Aleph. Okay, so there, there apparently you were allowed to do some sitting there. Now we get to the debate about the limbs. I was disappointed in the art school here. I was hoping they would chart it. For some reason they didn't. Uh, we're going to see at least four opinions about the order of the limbs. How did they, uh, what was the order of the days? So number one, the first guy was the head and the leg. The second guy was the chest and the, and the throat. And then the two hands, and the two flanks, and the tail, and, and the foot. Rabbi Yossi says, no, I don't like your order. Uh, he says, Derek Hefsheto, uh, you go in the order that you tan the hide. In other words, the meat isn't ready to go until you flay it. Flay it is the word where you pull off the skin. So basically, uh, there's a certain order to how you flay it. There's a certain science to pulling this, the skin off in a logical way and having it the weight. And it, it's, um, I, I don't know, it's not exactly the same, but uh, we go to fish places, and uh, they have the Asians there that... Uh, um, they know how to cut a fish. They make it look like, if you watch them do it, it looks easy. I'm telling you, like, we, we go to restaurants, and the, uh, the chefs do it. It takes them three times as long. Um, but the Asians, they have, like, a system to it. And they, it's really, if you've never seen it, like, it, it's just like, you know, it's a whole, there's a, you know, it's on the hook, and they, you know, they, they know how to use the weight and the sharpness of the knife, and they, and which part to do first, and they, they cut certain things, and it's just, it, it almost looks like it's, it takes seconds. Um, 
And they have farmers market. They also we go. Are they also pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, second. Are they Asians? Uh, I don't know. Oh, not, I mean, anybody could learn yeah. how to do it. They're yeah. farmers. They're farmers. <laughs> yeah, they're not American. <laughs> I don't know where they're from. Uh, Rabbi, yes. Filet is supposed to mean the. Remove the bones. No, the F L A Y. I think F L A Y is like flay the, the carcass, flay the skin. Um, it could be they call it fillet. I think you're talking about F I L L E T, like a, a fillet mignon or something. But uh, 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 but either way, so he, this argument is, I think, that if you remove, you can't bring it up. You don't bring uh, the um, the pieces of meat up there with hide on it. We don't, Hashem doesn't want to eat. You don't want to burn the hide. That's not gonna. That's not gonna go. So since as each piece loses its hide, then it's ready to go. So he said the natural order would be as soon as it's ready, that should go first. So he says you do a derek hefsheta, which is the head and, and the harosha uh, rego, and then the tail and. Um, the other foot, Rabbi Kiva says, no, he says it's the way you cut it up. It's not just the flaying of it, because you still have to cut it into pieces, which is also a certain art. That's what the butchers do. So that's the way you would bring it. You do that in the foot. Rabbi Yossi Aglili, he says, no. He says, he says you do it by chashivas. You, you give the best steak first. What's the best way? So his question was, what's the best piece? It's, it implies that the thigh is the best piece. So it depends on the animal. If it's a weak animal, or if it's a hakusha, then it has muscle there. Um, and so you got to... the. Uh, uh, but uh, he ar- his argument is very simple that wouldn't you bring to a, when you bring a gift, you bring the best gift first. You know, you bring the, the, the crown jewel first would be the one you go up. So again, it's interesting. We just have like all these different opinions uh, about what's the proper order. Omer The difference between our Mishnah and Rav Yossi is whether you look at the best piece of meat. Mar azobasser ivri de bistro. One looks at the limb, the best limb. Umar azobasser shamna de bistro. The other one looks at the most fat. The meat that is the juiciest, that's the best. So, my taima, sleek rego bahare resha. Why would the foot go with the head? That doesn't seem to fit any of the orders. The answer is uh, the head is natural to go first because it's the top of the animal, but it actually, you don't want to eat too much head. Mishum de nafish bayat samus. Uh, it's got too many bones in it. So in order to uh, adjust it, so to speak, you put the, the leg together with the head so you have a decent amount of meat being brought at the same time. So uh, that's why you bring the foot with it. But what everybody agrees, though, is the head goes first. How do we know that? <laughs> we got five opinions about the order of everything else, but every single rabbi agreed the head goes first supposed to lead with your head, right? It's not a famous, like the, so uh, where do we know? Tanya, how do you know that the head and the fat goes first? Um, the, the question is, how did the fat get in there? And what is the fat? So basically where they, they made the cut, um, it doesn't look nice to see like the bloody neck. So they had like a nice piece of fat that like fit on it. So it, it looked, you know, you saw this head and you didn't see all the bloody stuff uh, schlepping out there. 
and the idach pederach we know what do we, there's it, it mentions the fat in that pasuk. What do we use that for? And we will find out uh, tomorrow. Uh, and again, so we're in the discussion of the order of the limbs that the Kohanim brought on the Mizbeach. And uh, there's a, um, there must be, uh, um, Kabbalistically and Torah-wise, there's always something to the order of things, how, how things are accomplished. Okay.